98, this coronation hymn. Last time that we were in this wonderful psalm, we talked about uh, how that we are able to praise Jehovah the King, King Jehovah. We're to praise Him personally, right? Corporately, evangelistically, and just sometimes or continuously. Continuously, right. And how wonderful. And we said that, you know, the times that we are able to do that, that really is some of the most important times in our lives. Well, we want to focus especially tonight on verse 2. How that it says, The Lord hath made known His salvation, and His righteousness hath He openly showed in the sight of the heathen. But mainly that first part of the verse, The Lord hath made known His salvation. So the title of our message today is Salvation made known salvation made known isn't it wonderful that salvation is a real and true thing uh, that we uh, have been saved that we are being saved amen and we shall be saved i rejoice in that I, i rejoice to know that uh so many of the things that pertain to salvation that they have taken place, that, that they are real, that they are recorded for us. And I rejoice tonight, I hope you do too, that they have been made known. Because what would it really mean to us if the things had just happened, the things had just taken place, but we didn't know about them or we wouldn't experience them in our life. So I'm glad that this salvation that God has wrought, that He has also chosen to make it known, and especially to make it known to those of us that are His children, that will experience not only just outwardly or visibly made known, but made known in an inward and experiential way. Because if He didn't make known, would man have if he didn't make it known, would man have ever discovered it for himself? No, that's what C.H. Spurgeon said. He said, it's a good thing that God made salvation known, for man would have never discovered it for himself. And that is so true. I was, Drew, Brother Drew and I, uh, usually are able to talk to each other, either on the phone or by Marco Polo or by text message every morning. We've been doing that for for several years now, and I really enjoy it. And one of the things that he was reading about in John 9 really reminded me of this, how that when Jesus healed the blind man, that the blind man didn't know that it was Jesus that healed him. Remember, he, they, uh, he, would, he would just cured of his blindness, and he was rejoicing, and and uh, the Pharisees, the rulers, you know, they were trying to kind of squelch his zeal. And, and uh, he, the man said, I don't, I don't know who it is that, that healed me, but he must be, be wonderful. And he, mu- he must be from God because how could he do this? And I remember, I think, Drew, you can remind me, didn't he say, do you want to believe in him too? Uh, I think there was an expression like that. 
But the beautiful part of the end of the story is, is that Jesus finds him and he reveals to him himself. Oh, what, what sight. And that not only did salvation occur in that man's life, but salvation was made known as well. And so let's just talk about this. A salvation that has been made known. First and, and foremost tonight, we want to consider that he has made known the reason for salvation. If something occurs, there usually is a reason for that thing that occurred. Amen? All right, so we, you arrived here tonight, and you're here. There's a reason why that you're here tonight. You made a choice. You got in a car. You, you drove. You walked in. There's a lot of reasons why that here. Well, well, salvation didn't happen by chance. Amen? Amen. Isn't that wonderful to know? Amen. That salvation wasn't just something that God just came up with. Uh, on a whim or, or as he went along, although it was ever his plan, even before the foundation of the world. And, and the reason for salvation has been made known and declared unto us. Just want to pick up, we already, uh, on that thought, we already sang about it tonight in one of the songs, and you'll recognize it when we turn to it, Isaiah chapter 1. The prophet um, makes this expression and, and he even uses that very word. There was a reason that salvation occurred. There was a reason that salvation needed to take place, right? Oh, yes. And we know that reason all too well. Isaiah 1 and 18. Uh, Brother Paul, can you read that uh, for us, sir? Isaiah Chapter 1 and verse 18. The one that starts with come now. Yes, sir. Come now and let us reason together, saith the Lord. Though your sins be as scarlet, though they be white as snow, they, though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. Amen. That's some good reasoning, isn't it? Come, let us reason together. This almost seems impossible that it could occur. But here is the reason that redemption needed to take place because there was some sin. And that sin had to be washed. That sin had to be covered. There were ones that were dirty. There were ones that were unclean. There were ones that were unfit. And he says... Look, come and let us reason together. Come now, look at this. That your sins were like scarlet, but now they're white as snow. They were red like crimson. They shall be as wool. Hallelujah that God has made salvation known and He has made known the reason for that salvation. Number one, the great reason for salvation is that it was according to the will and decree of God or would never have taken place. Ere the world began, though, in His counsels, in the everlasting covenant, God determined to save a people. Christ Jesus made Himself the surety of that covenant and promise 
to bleed and die and pay the price for salvation. And the Holy Spirit agreed that He would apply that redemption upon those who had been brought into and given to Christ in the covenant and chosen by the Father. And beloved, it was all planned and purposed and decreed by Almighty Sovereign God. Hallelujah. So He has has made known His salvation. And He has made known that the reason for it, it both begins and ends with God. He is the Alpha and Omega of it. Yes. But also, secondly, not only was it according to His will and decree of a sovereign God, but beloved, we know this, that the chosen were in desperate need of redemption and rescue. Even though before the foundation of the world, they had been given to Christ and they, and they were secure in, the, in Him, yet there was a sin debt that was upon them and, and, and that sin uh, occurred and came forth in time in the Garden of Eden. And each elect child of God has been born with the sinful nature that they needed to be redeemed from and saved from and sins that needed to be saved from. And so, hallelujah, that we can know that, that God says that He has laid on Him the iniquity of us all. And so Brother Andy's been preaching about justification and, and it's such a beautiful truth that in the work of, of salvation in the cross and in justification, God took all the sins of all the elect family of God and He placed them on Christ. That's what it means. He laid upon Him the iniquity of us all, but then He took the righteousness of Christ and He gave it and, and counted it to our account so that we stand before God as if we had never sinned. And God, hallelujah, has made that known. For how else could a man be justified with God except God saved them? And hallelujah, how could we ever know it unless God made it known unto us? So we rejoice that salvation has been made known and that, number one, He has made known the reason. But secondly... Beloved, and this is one that is is convicting and somewhat sorrowful to us tonight. He has made known the price. Yes, we love grace, right? And grace is the unmerited favor of God. And grace is free to us. But we always remember that grace stands for God's riches at Christ's expense. Beloved, though He was rich... Yet for our sakes He became poor, that we through His poverty might be made rich. There was a price tag that came with our salvation. Beloved, it was a horrific price, was it not? It's hard to really think about it and dwell upon it without tears coming to our Eyes and us smoting our hearts to think of the horrific price that was demanded that in order that we might be saved. It was an astronomical price. Beloved, when you think of payment uh, uh, for sin, 
that has accrued against the holiness of God throughout all of human history and that that uh, had to be atoned for, that that somebody had to suffer for the consequences of that and that Jesus bore that all and hallelujah tonight that I can tell you that the horrific astronomical price has been paid in full. And I'm glad that God has made salvation known. Not only the reason, but, but that the price has been paid. Let's go to 1 Peter chapter 1, and you'll remember this verse very well, Sister Gigi. I'm going to ask you to, to read this one for us. 1 Peter chapter 1, please. And when you get there, I would uh, ask you to read verse 18 through 20. We're talking about the price of redemption. Hallelujah. So just like we said, the reason for it is because God planned it. He decreed it before the world began. Right? But then the, the blessed Son of God, what, 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 who paid the price of redemption? Well, the Father did because He gave the Son. But then the Son gave His life and His blood. The, the price was the precious, holy, sinless, stainless blood of the Lamb of God. And it poured out of him for love of the holiness of God and for the redemption of his people. Oh, don't, you know, there's many things that we would say in this life are precious to us. But indeed, the blood of Jesus is the most precious of all. And aren't you glad that God has made known that the price that it took for us to be saved, for us to to really have a sure hope that in this life we're forgiven and in the next life that we will be received into heaven, that that, that is so sure and, and we can trust in that so much because Jesus paid it all. And all to Him I owe. I'm glad that that has been made known unto us. Not only the reason, not only the reason for redemption, but that the price of redemption has been made known and that it has been paid in full praise be to the precious name of Jesus and there is power in his blood and so maybe sometimes we get full of ourselves and we think well you know I'm my own person uh, I can do uh, whatever I want however I want I love this scripture sister Tammy if you'll uh, get this one, 1 Corinthians, 1 Corinthians chapter 6, 
and verse 20 because we can't just act or live or do any old thing that that we want and there's a reason why that we can't and the apostle paul he mentions this to us in first corinthians chapter 6 and i just want us all to remind ourselves of this uh when you're ready sister first corinthians 6 20 Amen. We belong to somebody. Amen. We belong to Jesus Christ. He said, ye are not your own. I've bought you with, you're a blood-bought child of God. That's why I know sometimes, and, and those of you that can relate to this, especially in marriage, sometimes you can get so crossways with each other. But oftentimes, even in the, the heat of the battle, the Lord has reminded me about my wife, before you, she was your wife. She's my child. I bought her with my blood. You better be careful the way you treat her. You better be careful the way that you talk to her. That's She's my child. Amen? Yeah. And we need to think that about all the blood-bought ones. These are people that belong to Jesus Christ by purchase. He took the most valuable thing in the universe and bought us with it. That's an amazing thought, isn't it? Whew. So when the devil tells you that, that you're not worth much, you know that that's a lie because you've been bought with a price. People don't pay for something if it's not worth something to us. We, we had great, uh, we were Christ. A chosen bride before the world began and he loved us with an everlasting love there's your worth you've been bought with the blood of jesus christ aren't you glad he's made that known to us okay so he has made known the reason and he has made known the price salvation that's made known well he has also made known thirdly it's impartation and what we mean by that is the way that he imparts or gives or that the, the people of God that have been bought, that have been saved, receive that and experience it. Isn't that wonderful? Uh, it's, it's not just that he's done and he's, he's declared these things and uh, he did this, but no, he actually takes that victory and proclaims that victory and brings about that victory in our hearts and in our lives. He has made known the way that He imparts this salvation to His people. Let's go to the book of Romans. Brother Kevin, Romans chapter 8. I'd like you to read for us verse 15 and 16. How does He make it known to us that we are saved that we are his Romans chapter 8 15 and 16 brother
keep going, verse 16. Mm, are you glad you know that? I am. You know, isn't this wonderful that the Bible says the Lord hath made known His salvation. It's His plan. It was His payment. And then it's also His impartation into our lives whereby we receive it. He sends the Spirit into us. And, and y'all know that we believe in the indwelling of the Holy Spirit in the life of every believer. That's an amazing truth. And so, and it's that spirit that bears witness with your spirit that tells you you are a child of God. You are one of the ones that He has saved. And, it, and it's awesome. Wherever His people have been throughout the ages of time and, and will be in the ages of time, in His time, He imparts that salvation to them. For this is what Jesus said in John 17. Father, You've given me power over all flesh that I should give eternal life to as many as Thou hast given to me. You know, people talk about getting saved. We we know uh, what, they, what they mean by that. It's kind of a misapplication of some truths. But um, the, the truth is, is that anybody that has been saved, uh, they didn't go and get it. God came and gave it uh, to them. They were lost, and he was the one that did the finding. Can I get an amen? amen. Yes. And so it is. It's in his time, and it might, it might be uh, when they were in the womb of their mother, like John the Baptist. It might be like when they were a, a babe on their mother, mother's breast like David. And John leapt for joy, and David said, I was made to hope on my mother's breast. It's nothing wrong with even praying for, I'm already praying for my grandchildren, that they'll know the Lord, that they'll be God's elect, that they'll be saved. And, and uh, I wouldn't care if God regenerated them in the womb or at conception. And they had conception and regeneration all at once. God's able to do anything. But sometime in His time, He is going to impart His salvation to His elect. Sometimes between conception and death. It might be like the thief on the cross. The very last moment, I... I Sometimes, you know, you see people and uh, all of their life, it doesn't look like that there's any evidence of grace in their lives. But we never know uh, the way that God works in the, in the heart and, and in the soul. And, and God might even and do a work. But if they're His, He will impart His salvation to them. Because Jesus said, my sheep. They will hear my voice. I know them and, and they will follow me. I'm, I'm known of mine. Yes. In his time, by his spirit, he will regenerate them. Through his word, he will convert them. Yes. In our hearts and in our minds is where this salvation takes place. In these great works in which salvation is made known through regeneration, 
which occurs immediately by the Holy Spirit of God without means. Jesus described it to Nicodemus like the wind. He says the wind goes and comes, but you don't you hear the sound thereof, but you don't know where it's going or where it's coming. So is everyone that is born of the Spirit. It's not something that you can really see. It's something that God does uh, passively, uh, that man is passive in, uh, just like uh, conception in the womb of, 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 of parents. You never know when that takes place. It's a miracle of God. It's God and God imparts eternal life. He imparts His Spirit. He implants eternal life into the hearts and minds of His children. And then He brings them and he, and he brings them to faith in the Lord Jesus Christ through conversion. And then he begins that whole process of sanctification and takes them through that, uh, through their life, this process of making them holy and, and persevering them in his grace and in that salvation. Not only a, a grace and a, that gets us saved, but a grace that keeps us saved. Yes. He has made known the impartation of this salvation. And fourthly and lastly, He has made known its consequence. He has made known His consequence. Now this is both positive and negative. So I just want to go back quickly to um, Psalm 98 for just a minute. Because we want to really pick up on this so that we can realize that the truth of this. You know, the Apostle Paul said unto some, talking about preaching the gospel. He said unto some we are the salver of life unto life. And to the others we are the salver of death unto death. And who is sufficient for these things? See, God says here, the Lord hath made known his salvation. And he, and he talks about in the other verses in the psalm, you know, he's, it's, he's done it in an open way. You know, before Christ and the work of Christ in the gospel, it was kind of hidden for the most part within the nation and the people of Abraham. But now God says that, you know, he's blown the doors off the whole things and he's, and he's declared the victory openly before all the world and to all the ends of the earth, especially through the proclamation of the gospel and the propagation of His church. And He says that this has eternal significance and consequences in the lives of all that it touches, both the believer and the unbeliever. What it's saying here, He is saying He has made it known in such a, a way that you have to deal with it. You have to deal with it. It's not something that you can just take or leave as you will. It's either a saver of life unto life or a saver of death unto death. Now the consequences of being saved are tremendous. They're wonderful to be liberated to light, right? He said that He hath translated us from a kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of His dear Son. He said that He has made us new creatures in Christ. He has taken out an old and stony heart and put in a new heart. Hallelujah. He has put into us the fruits of His Spirit. 
against such there's no law. So many things. He has liberated us to light, to Christ, and to life. But the consequences of not knowing this salvation, of not believing in Christ, are dire, are they not? For what did he say in 2 Thessalonians chapter 1? We know this one so well, don't we? People think that they can be flippant with the gospel, but it is not true. He says this in 2 Thessalonians chapter 1. Never forget this. Verse 7, And to you who are troubled, rest with us, when the Lord Jesus shall be revealed from heaven with His mighty angels, in flaming fire, taking vengeance on them that know not God, and that obey not the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. Not only has He made known, beloved, the reason why He, for His salvation, or the price that it took for salvation to be um, uh, paid for, not only the way that it is imparted, He's made that known and clear in Scriptures, but He also has made known the consequence, both positive and negative, of this salvation being made known in the earth. So, the unbeliever is dominated by darkness. Oh, how terrible to live in darkness without the light of Christ and of the Holy Spirit and of the gospel to be uh, fettered to the devil and his persecutions and whims and then ultimately to death, ultimate death and separation from any of the mercy or grace of God. So no, no wonder the Apostle Paul says, to some it's a savour of life unto life, to other a savour of death unto death. And who is sufficient for these things? Oh Lord, thank you tonight that you've made known your salvation to us. And the consequence is that we have been brought into the light, that we have been brought to Christ, and that we have been given eternal life through him oh praise the lord tonight that he has made salvation known thank you for your